Good morning, friends. You've tuned into Faith Communications of Erie Christian Fellowship Church. We're delighted that you joined us today. Our hope is that today's message will help you to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. As we listen to today's message, keep in mind that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Now let's go right into today's broadcast. I feel like the Lord is saying, you have not even begun to know the goodness that I want to pour out. The capacity, the capabilities, the impossible is possible. You have not even begun to touch the hem of my garment. There is goodness without end. There is provision without limit. Mm -hmm. Healing in total completeness is found in him. And when you feel overwhelmed with his presence, you are just beginning to enter. You are just at the edge. And oh, (laughs) oh, when we sit with him, it will be beyond what we can even conceive. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Oh, praise you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Church, as we're just in an atmosphere of worship, we're going to lift these written in prayer requests up to you tonight. So church, stand with me in agreement. Stand in agreement with me that each and every request that is represented here and those that are, have not been written but we're casting up to you that your will will be done. Your will will be done. And these requests will be answered. And your goodness will be seen. Your mercy will be seen. Your faithfulness will be seen. Your testimonies will be seen. And we thank you for it. So Heavenly Father, we come to you tonight. Father, we thank you for praise report upon praise report upon praise report upon praise report, upon testimonies coming from Wednesdays and Sundays and all through the week. And we worship you. We worship you for it. So, Father, we just pray for supernatural provision for each and every family that is represented here tonight. We thank you, Father God, that a couple thousand dollars for this bill or that bill is nothing, is nothing. That's just the edge. We're just on the fringes of your provision that you have, Father God. And we thank you, Father, that that bill is paid. That person is requesting that bills be paid for their car, for medical bills. Those things are done and paid for in Jesus' name. We thank you that you will bring provision how you want to bring it, whether it's a gift, whether it's through the business uh, doing better, whether it's through a job, whether it's through employment, whatever it is. 
Father, we just thank you and we receive it. And we stand in faith and believe that you are working on it and you're doing it, Father. We just thank you now, Father God, for uh, someone's son and their wife, that they will find jobs in Texas. Father, you know the location in Texas. You know the, the town and the city that they're in. And right now, in Jesus' name, jobs are becoming available. The right job, not any job, the right job. The right job that you have, Father God. The one that is for them, that will bless them, will bless them, Father. We thank you for it. Father, we lift up our government to you. We lift up each and every portion of our government to you, whether it be the legislative branch, the executive branch, all of the branches, Father God, we lift them up to you right now in Jesus' name. We just thank you that you are our God. We are part of your kingdom. Father, we sit here in America right now, Father God, but we are actually citizens of your kingdom. So, Father, we just pray that we will be able to bring your kingdom to this earth, to this land, to this country, and that we will see people saved and government moved and children saved, Father God. Father, we just thank you, Father, that you are moving mightily in this country. We thank you, Father, that men and women all around are praying and seeking you, both in government, and thank you that we can pray for our government leaders, and we lift them up to you tonight. Father, we just thank you for a miracle that we're believing for someone's liver and healing for a lady named Mary, Father God. We thank you that they are healed in Jesus' name. Father, you are the miracle-working God. Your word says that by your stripes we are healed. We have been healed. We are healed. Father, we will walk in that healing. We will walk in that healing anointing, Father. We just pray that these two people on this list and many others that have asked for your supernatural healing, it will begin to manifest. And Father, I pray, Lord, that there's anything blocking that healing. Father, there are healing, there are blockers to healing. And so, Father, whatever that block is in that person's life, that the Holy Spirit reveals it to them, that they are ready and willing to listen to it, that they will listen to your voice. They will either stop doing something or start doing something or go somewhere else or do something else or repent of a sin. Whatever it is, Father, that healing... These healings specifically are waiting for that to happen. They're waiting for that to happen. So, Father, we just speak to those things now in Jesus' name. I thank you, Father God. You are awakening and illuminating their eyes on what they need to see, what they need to hear, and what they need to change. And we thank you for that. Mm. Father, I pray. Heavenly Father, I pray for sweet Patty Redinger. Father, she lost her sister. Mm -hmm. Father, and I just pray that you would minister comfort to her heart. Father, in a time of loss, Father, I pray that you would minister comfort and peace to her heart even now in Jesus' name. Yes. And Father, I pray, Father, um, for a child, a grown child, Father, who is in a bad situation. Father, a situation where there is abuse a situation where there is pain and fear. Father, I speak freedom to this girl in the name of Jesus. Yes, Father, I pray yes. that you would become more real to her than a person standing in a room with her. Father, that you, that every truth that has been spoken into her heart and every prayer that has been spoken over her life, Father, every seed that has been sown, a great harvest would spring forth Father, and I pray that she would have a new place to live, a new roommate, but more than that, Father, a new walk with you like never before. Freedom, 
in every area. But Father, I pray that that abuse would stop now in the name of Jesus. Father, I pray for that girl. Father, that she would be free. And Father, I pray over a spirit of addiction. And I break it in the name of Jesus in this church, in our children, in every generation. Father, I pray that you would be the power and that you would be invited. I invite you into this place. And I say, spirit of addiction, you go in Jesus' name. Addiction to alcohol, go in Jesus' name. Addiction to fear and worry, go in Jesus' name. Addiction to opioids and prescription drugs, go in Jesus' name. Be broken. Be broken. Father, I pray that you would minister life to those who are addicted and that they would walk in freedom. I pray for freedom. Freedom for the children of this congregation. Freedom in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. We worship you. We worship you. We worship Father, I pray for financial increase. I pray for financial increase in every area. Father, I pray for doors to open. I pray for ideas to grow. I pray for motivation to come, wisdom, revelation, Father, in Jesus' name. And that those, those areas that have been hindered financially, Father, that those would break free. Right. I pray that businesses would prosper mm-hmm. in Jesus' name. Mm-hmm. Father, I pray that creativity would prosper in Jesus' name. Mm-hmm. Creativity prospers in freedom. So once again, I pray for Freedom in finances. I pray for freedom in finances. For each and every family represented here, for each and every family that sits here on any given day, I pray for physical healing in their body, in their children, in their lives, and financial financial freedom in Jesus' name. That we would have enough, more than enough, that we could care for others. We can give. We can give and give and give knowing that you are our supply. That's right. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. We thank you for it. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you. I just feel, feel led that if everyone's eyes are closed anyway, so if you have a financial need in your life, something specific that you need God to do that supernatural provision, just slip your hand up tonight. Just slip your hand up tonight. And I truly believe, I truly believe that as we are praying and as we lift up our hands tonight, we are receiving all that we need. All that we need in the spiritual realm is coming. And we thank you, Lord, that the physical realm is catching up to it. And every bill shall be paid. And as we said, prosperity is having enough not only for our own needs, but to help others. And so, Father, we just speak prosperity tonight. More than enough. Not so we can have extra things, but so we can help others. 
our needs are met so much so that we can go help others, Lord. And we just thank you for that prosperity tonight. We thank you for it. Father, as we go into our time of just hearing your word, we thank you for every person who had given a gift of offering or tithe tonight. We pray that you bless that tithe and offering, that it will go above and beyond what they could ask or imagine, Father, as they seek you in their finances. And Father, tonight we just pray over this word that you have for us. We just pray, Father, that we will hear from you tonight, that you will lead us, you will guide us in all that we do. In your precious name we pray. Amen. 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 Well, turn around and say hello to somebody before we get started in the word. How's everybody doing? Awesome. Better now. Better now. How many are better right now than they were at 6.30 when we started? <laughs> Absolutely. At six. At, well, some of us were here at 6. Some of us came at 6.30. Whatever time you came, are you doing better now than you were before? Yes? That's right. Amen. Tim, thank you for leading us in those two songs. It is how many enjoy having a little bit of live worship at the beginning of the service. Okay, this is good. All right, little feedback is always welcome, so we know. Uh, we make little changes here and there as we go, um, and we're excited about that. We're really excited about that, actually. So open your Bibles this evening to 1 John chapter 1. 1 John, 1 John chapter 1, uh, starting in verse 1. And... The Lord just put this passage of scripture on my heart for tonight, and I truly believe that even as I read through a portion of this chapter, that the Lord will illuminate to each and every one of us something fresh that maybe we haven't seen before, and I'm including myself in that as I go through it, so I pray for that tonight. So starting in verse 1, it says, That which was from the beginning. That which was from the beginning. This is talking about Jesus, from the beginning. I think a lot of times we forget or we think of Jesus being, well, we know Jesus came to earth 2,000 and some years ago. Jesus was here from the beginning. He was with Father God from the beginning. He was there. He was part of creation. He was there. He was doing the creation with Father God. I mean, he was there. That which was from the beginning, Jesus, that which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled concerning the word of life. So when I first read this portion, I was just like, well, man, these guys saw Jesus in the flesh. Like, they're like talking about what they saw what they had heard, what they seen, what they touched, what it looked like. But guess what, church? We have the same opportunity 2,000 years later to sense, feel, touch, see, taste, 
understand the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ. Just because he is not physically here in the flesh anymore, it's because he sent his Holy Spirit. And we get those same benefits, in fact, even more than when he was walking here on the earth. And so my first reading was just like, oh, man, that's so awesome that they get to see all that in person. But wait a second. Actually, it's just as awesome. In fact, I'm counting it more awesome that we're living in this time. God has called each and every one of us for this time, for this place, for this purpose. And I don't want to be too, you know what, I probably would not have made it. Okay, let me just be honest with you. I would, and my wife is confirming this up here. I personally would not have made it 2,000 years ago. And God knew that. And so he was not going to have me come during Jesus' time, right? I am a man of comfort. I am a man of, you know, having the things that I like to have, convenience. Walking somewhere, oh my goodness, no way. Like, I like my shoes, they're comfortable. Sandals, what? Like, my, my feet don't even look that good. I do not want to be. So the Lord, he knew the perfect timing. And each and every one of us can experience Jesus Christ for ourselves. We can touch, we can taste, we can feel his presence each and every day. So you know what? I wasn't, I wasn't envious anymore of not being there. Verse 2, it says, and the life was manifested. The life, Jesus' life was manifested. What does manifested mean? It means to display or to show by one's acts or appearance, and to demonstrate. Jesus' life demonstrated for us what we can partake in, what we can do, the impact we can have. Jesus' life demonstrated, modeled for us, what can be manifested through our lives. Through our lives. Because what he said is, he had the same anointing that he had now is available to us. And he, he commanded us as his disciples to go do what he did. So if, if he's commanding us to do what he did, then I'm pretty sure he, we can go do what he asked us to go do. He wouldn't ask you to go do something if he didn't give you the power and the avenue to be able to go do it. And so we have the ability to ma- see Jesus manifested through our own life. You know, Jesus came from heaven to earth to bring heaven to earth. And we have seen, the, verse, the rest of verse 2, and we have seen and bear witness and declare to you that eternal life, which was with the Father and was manifested, again the word manifested, to us. It was manifested to us. Eternal life through Jesus Christ was manifested to us. I mean, if that doesn't make you want to shout and give an amen, I'm not quite sure what does. Eternal life. Which is but a vapor our time here on this earth. And some days, you know, I'll tell you, some days feel like they're forever. Like forever. Like I wake up early and I go to bed early, but I'll tell you what, sometimes it just feels like forever. And sometimes that feels good. Like, ooh, that was a good day. We call it slow time. Sometimes we call it slow time. Like, oh man, slow time is just going really good. Sometimes days go by in a blink, weeks go by in a blink. But church, I'm telling you, our life is just but a vapor. We get to see someday Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, in person and get to witness again and touch and feel the same thing now in person. Father, amazing, amazing what's going to happen. 
But the time we have here on this earth does not have to be filled with complete despair. It does not. This life is difficult. It's troublesome sometimes. There's sin. There's evil in the world. There's bad choices we make. But we can have a Jesus life manifested. Verse 3, that which we have seen and that which we have heard, we are declaring to you. So those things that they saw, those things that they heard, now they're declaring it to us. So why are they doing that? So continue in the next verse there, or the, the rest of verse 3. It says, that you may have fellowship with us, and truly our fellowship is with the Father and the Son, Jesus Christ. Church, we have the ability to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. I mean, I just, sometimes I think like we say those words and then we're just like, yeah, I can have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Wait a second. We get to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ who came to this earth, who died for our sins, who took every sickness, every burden, every shame and died for them and put him on the cross and conquered death and conquered it. So we could have victory. All these things are available to us through Jesus Christ. Like this is exciting news. This is an, I honestly don't know how people do it without Jesus. In fact, they don't. I guess that they don't really. They may put on the persona that they are. They may act like they are, but they're not. Shoot, sometimes even church, we know this. We all act like sometimes we have it all together and we don't, (laughs) right? So many times just like, oh man. We don't have it together. But we come to church and suddenly we act like, you don't have to. Guess what, church? You don't have to anymore. You can come here broken and needing and crying, and Jesus will meet you where you are. He will meet you where you are. He knows exactly where you are. Exactly where you are. Verse 4. And these things we write to you that your joy may be full. Oh, my goodness. So how does our joy become full, that we can see and understand who Jesus is and what Jesus has done for us. It doesn't say that our circumstances have to be a certain way to have joy. It doesn't say that. It says that our joy may be full. Why? Because we can have a relationship with Jesus Christ. This is not happiness. This is completely different than happiness. Happiness for me is circumstantial. It is, probably for most of us. I can be having a good day or I can be having a bad day. I could be happy. I could be not happy. But the joy does not have to change. The joy does not have to change. In fact, if you're interested to hear more about joy, come on Sunday because that's my message on Sunday is about the provision of joy. There's a provision available to us for joy and we have to figure out how it is available to us and take a hold of it something we have to take a hold of. It's something that's available. It's a gift that is there, a gift that we have the opportunity to take and grab. Not happiness, but joy. And a joy that's called joy unspeakable. Like that's a radiant joy that when it's unspeakable, that means you don't have to say anything. It's so good, you don't even have to talk about it. You can sense it. You can feel it. It's there. It's available. So that's Sunday. So I'm going to keep going on. I want to spoil the message for Sunday. Verse 5. This is the message which we have heard from him and declare to you. This is the message which we've heard from Jesus 
and are now declaring it to us. And we have the beautiful opportunity to have the word of God and that same message is getting declared to us. That God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. Think about that. No darkness. When we think about darkness, I think of my little kids running around and they get quote unquote scared of the dark. Why do we get scared of the dark? Because there's things potentially there that we don't know that they're there. But if we are walking with God and God is light, then everywhere we go, light then illuminates the room, the place, the life, the job. We no longer have to be scared because we can see what the Lord wants us to see. Things can be illuminated to us. And I use this example, like the biggest fear I have in the dark is stepping on a Lego. Okay, this is like, this is a huge, this is like, maybe fear is a stretch. But my kids love Legos. And they have a playroom, which is also their bedroom. And it usually has Legos all over it until I make them clean it up. So if I'm in that room and it is completely dark, I am worried about moving around. Like, because if you've ever got one of those little Legos in your heel, you're seriously, like, limping for, like, almost a couple days. Like, it's ridiculous how much pain is in a Lego. But what happens when I turn on the light? I can see it. I can see. So when we are walking with God, we can see every Lego that is there to try to injure us, to try to hurt us, to try to cause us pain in our heel or in our toe or wherever we're going to step on it. He's showing us all the landmines, all the things that are coming up that potentially could hurt us when we have the light on, when we walk in the light. And church, I'm telling you, too many of us are using the dimmer switch. Too many of us are only putting the light on just enough. Just enough so we can kind of see what's going on, but we're kind of shuffling our feet just in case there's a Lego there that I'm going to step on. And I'm encouraging you tonight, turn the light all the way on. Ask the Lord to illuminate every area of our lives. And church, I'm t- be sure you want this to happen. <laughs> church, this is come- listen to me. You, you, I'm asking, think about this, pray about it before you pray about it kind of thing. You know what I mean? Because if you're asking him to illuminate every area of your life, I'm telling you, he is going to show you things that are in the side here that are far more painful than a Lego that you step on that he wants to remove from your life. There is sin that is in there that he wants to break, fear that he wants to break, addictions he wants to break, whatever it is, when that light is illuminated, oh my goodness, there it is. And you can't walk away from it. What the Bible says is you will be held accountable once he's made it illuminated to you. So once you see it, once you know it, now he wants you to go do something about it. But we need to turn that light on because you know what? He wants us to be cleansed of that unrighteousness. Because he knows the plans and purposes he has for us. He knows the next step. We can't go there until we deal with what we're going to do here. Because if we don't do it here, we can't get there. And if we get there, it's going to be destruction for us. And he knows that. So you have to turn the light on and say, Oh, Lord, show me. What is it? 
What is it that I need to have uprooted, uplifted, and taken out, illuminate to me? This is why he is light. And when we walk in darkness, we walk in fear, we walk in what the enemy wants us to walk around in, we walk in slow, we're shuffling our feet, we're nervous every step we take, but God says it doesn't have to be that way. Verse 6 says, if we say that we have fellowship with him, fellowship with him, and walk in darkness, we lie, Uh uh-oh, and do not practice the truth. My notes, I wrote, ouch, ouch. What does it mean to walk in darkness? It means that we are walking in denial of things that God wants to do in our life. We're just walking in darkness. We don't want anything to do with them. We want to push them down. But what is illumination? Illumination is revealed truth. It's revealed truth. Look, we are not perfect. Nobody is perfect. Only Jesus Christ was perfect. He is our model, what we aspire to. And if we aspire to be like Jesus, what do we have to do? We have to get rid of that stuff in our life. The sanctification process, if you will. We must continue to work towards being completely sanctified. Closer and closer to him each and every day. You say, but well, I don't understand what you're saying. I, ha- you know, I didn't lie today and I didn't steal today. Well, just go read the Ten Commandments. Because I did. I was just like, okay, let's just go back to the Ten Commandments. I was like, yikes. Like, failed on like four of them by noon. Seriously. Like, th- it's difficult, but we have to continue to cleanse ourselves. Verse 7. But if we walk in the light, so if we walk in the light as he is in the light... We have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. So if you're choosing tonight to walk in that light, you have to choose to allow the blood of Jesus to wash you clean, to say, I f- forgive me for those sins. I repent for those sins. And what repent means is to turn away from them, to turn away from them. To go back, actually, I think they say penthouse means the top floor, and repent has a very similar meaning. It means to turn away and go back to being on top, where God has positioned you to be. So how do we walk in that light? We have to ask God daily to reveal to us truth about our life. There are many ways to do that, through prayer, through study, through reading the word of God, We have to be open to hearing what he's telling us. We have to be open to it. A lot of times we're not open to it. We don't want to hear it. I mean, you know, I don't don't want to hear that. I've said that. Oh, I don't want to hear that. Sometimes it's someone else speaking into your life that's revealing truth to you. And you, you know, a lot of times we then take offense to it. Like, what are they talking about? And sometimes maybe they're off. I'm not saying they're always right. But sometimes the Lord takes somebody and puts them in our life to speak into our life. He does that with spouses a lot. Sorry, guys. This happens. I know. (laughs) It happens. This illumination will come. Light will be shed on our issues, on our challenges. We can have to be accountable to someone. Too often in this life we go around and we, we think we can do it all on our own or we think nobody understands, or we think nobody cares, or we think the sin that we're battling with is so unique and so different that nobody else is challenged with this, that is a lie. 
That is a lie from the enemy. It is not true. That you're walking in darkness if you're walking alone on this journey. You are. God's revealed light and truth is not only from him, it's through the people that he has put around you. And each and every one of them can speak into your life. And it said we have to pray the blood of Jesus. He has paid it all. When we ask for his forgiveness and we accept him for what he's done, it is sealed and it is done. Verse 8 says, if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we say we have no sin, that is walking in darkness, you're fooling yourself. Each and every one of us is challenged and battled with something in our lives that we're working through. And if you're sitting here today and say, well, I'm not really working on anything right now. I'm telling you, by the time you leave tonight, the Lord is going to, during this time of prayer coming up, I'm pretty sure he's going to reveal to you, if you're willing to listen, if you're going to say, yes, I want to hear this, yes, I'm ready to hear this, Lord, I'm ready to shed the light on the area that I've been holding in darkness for so long. It's because there's victory on the other side. It's because you no longer have to be bound by this sin. You no longer have to be held in bondage anymore. It's Jesus Christ. His yoke is easy. His burden is light. His anointing on our life is available for each and every issue that we have. Verse 9, so how do we do this? We have to confess our sins. This is walking in the light, confessing our sins. He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. He knows what you're battling with. You're not going to shock him. You're not going to shock him like, oh, you know, I'm really dealing, I am dealing with worry. This may come to surprise you, God, but please. He, he knows. He's got it. He understands. He never left us. He never forsake us. That means he's always with us. So he knows what you're going through. So confess it to him. Take it to him. How else do you think we can defeat the the power of sin in our life unless we bring it to him and lay it to him at the altar? We think you're just going to do it on your own or some TED Talk's going to change your life? It's the word of God that changes our life. It's saying, change me, Lord. Change me, Lord. I'm seeking you. This is what we have to do. James 5, 16. I don't have this up here, but... It's a similar verse, and it's just, you know, confirming the verse. It's confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. So this confessing of our sin, this cleansing, this walking in the light does more than just, than just saying, okay, well, now I'm forgiven of these sins. No, you get to walk in health and in wholeness in your life. Health and wholeness in your relationships, health and wholeness in your body when we confess our sins, when our, that you may be healed. We do this, and then this happens. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Fervent means a passionate prayer. I don't mean yelling loud. I mean, you can, I guess, if you want. It doesn't mean yelling. It means I am passionately saying, Lord, reveal to me the light that I need to have in my life. Show me where it is darkness. Show me where that darkness is, and I want it out of my life. And church, I'm telling you, it's not easy. It's not easy. It's difficult, and it's painful. If you take something that's in here, and you're going to take it, and you're going to take it out, it's painful. It's going to be painful. But once it's out and no longer in, ah, the freedom. 
the freedom, the joy of what we have available to us. And then in verse 10, I'll finish here, it says, if we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar. Yikes. Him, capital H. Make him a liar. And his word is not in us. The Lord is telling us he wants us to take our sins and to illuminate light on them and to get them out of our lives. The sanctification process. He has paid it all. All to him we owe. He has paid it all. All to him we owe. So we're going to have some time of prayer tonight. Yeah, and do you have anything you want to add tonight? So much to add. Ooh, fun. Um, okay, so in my notes as you were preaching, I wrote down um, illuminate and excavate. Mm. Excavation is the process of digging. It's messy. Um, you know, it's not painful for the dirt when an excavator is actually digging, but ooh, it is painful. Mm. And there have been times in my life where I know there's something that needs excavated and my prayer is always oh gentle lord <laughs> i want it out but do it gently do it gently if at all possible um and this idea of sin it's not like a comfortable thing especially for mature christians and only mature christians come to church on wednesday night so you know um <laughs> i'm just teasing um there's like there's layers so, um, in, I always like to talk general. I think God sees generationally. I know God sees generationally. Mm. Um, I know the enemy lays plans generationally because he's always copying what God does. He's always counterfeiting what God does. Mm. Um, and so, in your generations, if you look back, you may, say, you may see alcoholism. Generations. So, the world will say genetic. And yes, perhaps, you know, God is the author of biology and genetics as well. Um, or let's, let's use something that's not genetic. Let's use fear. Mm. Generationally, um, that can be laid down. Um, and a child can struggle with fear deeply. Um, let's use something like homosexuality. Mm. Let's look back through the generations of rejection by parents, rejection of the father, and not the father, the, the earthly father, mm -hmm. and how the enemy has come in and used that as a springboard to lie. So you do, you have these children who say, no, I have felt this since birth, because that sin, mm. that rejection, that was laid down in them from the very beginning, from the very beginning. That is the... the, the, the um, the generational sin. And we need to look back at that. And then when we ask for this illumination, he's going to give it. That's right. And what you said is so good. We're then held responsible um, for that. And so we, we look at our generations and we look back and we want to see, we want to know, we want to be aware. So we pray over our children. We stand. Um, in my family, it's anger. I'm not, I mean, I, I wasn't an angry child, um, but when the pressure got on as a young mom and overwhelmed, boy, it's just started bubbling up. It's, it, the enemy waits for opportunity, you know, so he can have a harvest, hmm. harvest, he's planting seed of sin. That's right. And 
I can't find it on my own. I need the Lord to bring light. I need him to bring revelation. So I know where to take the fight. That's right. um, I don't want to be fighting in every direction. I can't fight in every direction. He's going to tell me where, where to take the fight. So there was a point where I said, anger stops here. It stops here. And I had to go to God and go to God and go to God and go to God. It wasn't one time. It wasn't one time. It was many, many, many times. And it's still. It's still. It's always, it's a battle. Um, last thing. The Lord was really working on me. This was so many years ago. Um, I was 28. How many years ago was that? You really want me to tell him? Mm -hmm. 14. Okay, 14 years ago. <laughs> um, it was 14 years ago, and the Lord began to deal with me. And anger. I just I was struggling after a baby, so I had like this the hormone things going on, and I just figured it was that, but it just wouldn't it wouldn't go away and it would get worse on Sundays. I'd go to church, I'd come home, and boy was I mad at nothing. I mean I couldn't didn't understand it. And it just kept building and building and one Sunday I just looked I was like I had to go I have to go upstairs and he's like just go. So I went upstairs, I put this song on over and over and the Lord began to show me. Mm. And it was unforgiveness toward my dad. And I found it interesting because if you would have come up to me, if someone would have come up to me and said, listen, Liz, I think you're struggling with unforgiveness towards your dad, I would have fought you. I would have been offended and I would have said, okay, no, let me tell you about all of this stuff. Let me tell you about who he was and what he did. And then let me tell you about how gracious I am to him. I visit him. I let him see my kids. I'm nice to him. I talk to him on the phone once every three weeks. I'll tell you all the, I'll t I would show you all of my good works toward him as proof of my goodness toward this undeserving low life who didn't deserve it. That's how I felt. Mm. And the Lord began to show me mm. my, my true heart toward him. And then in this moment, the Lord said, go, he just prompted me to go and get the box. You know, everyone has a box of like these childhood memories. And I had that box. I don't, I, didn't, I don't like to visit that time in my life. So, I mean, I had it, but I never had visited it. And he, want, he prompted me to go get it. I went and got it. And I pull it out. And I find letter after letter from my dad. Oh, Lizzie, I love you. You're just so special to me. All of these sweet things. And the Lord showed me how all throughout these years, yes, he did do a lot of things. He struggled so much, and I suffered under that. But he was trying to pour love out to me, and I had built a wall. I would receive no good from him. I'm getting into too many details. The point is, is in that moment, in that moment, the Lord pulled back like a veil and showed me my heart and my sin. And I wept. I wept. And I called my dad, weeping. Dad, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I have been so harsh toward you. I have, and he thought it was my sister. My little sister is like seven years younger, and she's daddy's girl, and that's all fine. And he's like, Sarah, Sarah, it's okay. What's the, what's the matter? And I said, it's Liz. And as soon as I said that, he began to weep. Because, man, I was a tough nut. I mean, I wasn't ever mean to him. I was a good Christian, but I was a tough nut. And um, he began to weep. And that reconciliation, it's not like, you know, we ran through fields of wildflowers from that point on. You know what I mean? Like, that's not how it went. We butted heads. You know what I mean? But something broke off in my heart. And I'll tell you what, I may have been having hormonal whatever, but whatever was on me, it left. 
It left. I'm talking almost immediately. I did not have to lose my temper anymore. I didn't feel it rising like lava, and I'm trying to fight it down and and doing all the right things. It didn't even happen anymore. It left. And I didn't know that it was tied. I didn't know I had unforgiveness toward him. I honestly felt like I was... I was doing the best I could, but the Lord decided it's time. He's gracious, and it's a journey, and he decided, baby girl, you want to grow. I know what you're believing for. I know the plan I have for you. It's time to deal with this. I didn't know at that time that my dad, who was, he was either 49, he was 49 years old at that time, and it was in like December-ish that we had reconciled. By July the following year, he had passed away. At age 50. There was no way I could have known that the Lord knew that. When he passed away, I had peace. I mean peace. I was actually happy. He was happy. He just was happy. He suffered a lot with physical issues, and he, I was able to have peace. God is good. Illumination and excavation is painful. And I'll tell you what. Think about it. Ask yourself this, if, if my husband came up to me or if someone, Pastor Jason came up to me and said, you know, I think that you struggle with pride. Would that, would that fire you up a little bit? Would you want to defend yourself? Those areas that, we, that you get ruffled, you want to defend yourself in, those are the areas That's right. that you, be, you need to ask the Lord, what's that? That's right. What's that? If someone would come up to me and say, you know, I don't think you're a loving mother to your children, I'd be like... Okay, because I know I am. (laughs) You know what I mean? That's not an area. I wouldn't, I don't feel the need to defend myself. I don't have to defend that. It's not, doesn't. Now, if someone came up and said, you know, I don't know, I won't even, I won't even try to think of something. (laughs) If someone came up and said, I don't know, I think you sleep a little late in the morning, I'd be like, well, listen, let me tell you, the baby gets up at night. I'm not lazy. I would feel a little bit like I need to defend why I stay in bed until 8.30 and he gets up at 4.30. Right, I'm back true. in bed by 8.30. It's 12 hours and I'm done. <laughs> um, so I just wanted to encourage you. That's Illumination good. and excavation, it doesn't feel That's good. Right. It's so good. I would go through that pain and the, the, those weeks leading up to that reconciliation, that the Lord giving me revelation on unforgiveness toward my dad, it was a very intense time. It was a very intense time. It was not fun. But I wouldn't trade it. Right. I wouldn't trade it. Because me and my dad, I mean, you can't. That's worth, that's worth more money. I mean, more than anything, more than any amount of money. That's right. It was painful, and it was worth it. It was worth it. That's right. So. Well, we've got a couple minutes left tonight. I do want to, um, I do want to, I do want to take some time and just let's seek the Lord about our own personal life. I don't want to leave here tonight and give you this information and not give you a chance to act on it. Maybe you want me to not have it, to give you guys a chance to not act on it. But tonight, I do. It's okay. We can run a couple minutes late. What we're going to do is we're just going to spend some time in prayer. Uh, Rich is going to put on just that Spotify playlist a little bit. We're going to do a song, maybe two at most, and then I'll come back up and I'll close us in prayer. But just seek him tonight. Seek him in your own personal life. What does he have for you? What is he excavating? What is he illuminating? And then what is he excavating? That first layer is real easy to excavate. Uh But as you get down deeper and deeper, the ground becomes harder. The rocks become bigger. That's good. The rocks become bigger and they're harder to get out. That doesn't mean that they're not supposed to come out, though. So let's just pray tonight and seek him.
Heavenly Father, you break every chain. You break every chain. And Father, we just open our hearts to you now. Father, we ask you to illuminate and to excavate. Father, where there is pride, we invite you. Mm. Where there is anger, we invite you. Where there is self-rejection, we invite you. Father, break the chains. Break the yoke of slavery. Father, where there is unforgiveness, Father, we invite you. Father, where there is lust and worry and fear, we invite you. Father, we need you to illuminate. We need the light of who you are to show us the corners and the crevices and those areas that are dark, that they may may be lit up, that we will grow from glory to glory to glory to glory to glory. Father, that we would be light and salt to the world. Father, and that you would be light in us. And that we would walk in freedom. In freedom. In a freedom that seemed impossible. Father, we invite you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. You know, we don't plan what songs are going to play on that playlist and how they play them, but how appropriate the song that we just sang at the very end. You know, the Holy Spirit knows what's going to happen and what song needs to be sung, but the lyrics uh, and one of the choruses there, Hallelujah. Praise the one who set me free. He is the one who's doing the work. He has set us free. Hallelujah. Death has lost its grip on me. Sin leads to death. Jesus leads to life. That sin has lost its grip on you. And you need to let it be excavated out. You have broken every chain. There's salvation in his name. Jesus Christ our living hope. So Father, tonight as we close, we thank you that you are our living hope. We thank you that you are the one who sets us free. We thank you that your name has broken every chain. We thank you that there is salvation in your name. We thank you you are our living hope. And we thank you that this week as we go out and go forth and that excavation and illumination process begins and it may be difficult, Father, give us the strength to continue to push through what you want uprooted. You will do it and we're allowing you to do it. We're committing to let you do that in our lives. And we know on the other side, after that is done, we will be able to have more joy, more peace more patience, more wonderful things that you have promised us in our life to be manifested. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 If you have a specific prayer request, you'd like us to pray for you. I know it's late, but we'll stick around for a couple minutes and pray for you. All right, have a great evening, and we'll see you on Sunday. Thank you for being a part of today's Faith Communications broadcast of Erie Christian Fellowship Church. If you do not currently have a church home, you are invited to join us on Sunday mornings at 10 o'clock. Erie Christian Fellowship is located at 5900 Saratania Road, directly across from the Walnut Creek Middle School. You'll find us on the web at www.ecfchurch.org, where you may sign up to receive our monthly faith communications newsletter. 
Again, thanks for joining us today. And always remember 2 Corinthians 5-7 that declares, For we walk by faith, not by sight.